you know, the triune God, Trinity, God is, God is community, God is family, God is connection. So how can we emulate community and connection in a time where everybody's feeling alone and isolated and secluded? Um, and so that was the problem space that we, that it was just so easy to identify that we thought we could, let's lean into that. Let's, let's, let's focus on that. How can we foster community in this strange pandemic time where everybody's on lockdown? So we started praying about and thinking about what that would look like. In my work as a pastor and pioneer of new things, I get to work with, coach, and learn from others, tilling soil, planting seeds, and praying for rain as we dig in and engage our communities for the mission of God. Join me as we share stories from the field in the Common Ground Podcast. This is the Common Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Jalad, lead cultivator of Fresh Expressions here in North Georgia and of the Common Ground Network at Mount Pisgah United Methodist Church. Man, it's a joy to be with you today and to get to share with you, my friends, Chris and Kelly Henderson, some amazing pioneers out here in the fields with me uh, in North Georgia. And uh, I, I can't wait for them to share a little bit about themselves, how they got involved in this movement and what God is teaching them and taught them along the way. So Chris and Kelly, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and um, share a little bit about how you got to be a part of this thing called uh, the Common Ground Network at Mount Pisgah. Well, I'm Kelly Henderson. Hello, I'm Chris Henderson. And we've been members at Mount Pisgah for a little, about a year. Yeah. We, we actually were the first members to join during pandemic. So we've been in the yeah. congregation for just a little while. So we transferred recently from the North Texas Conference of the United Methodist Church. Yeah, you guys were like the, you were like the early adopters. You were like, we're going to join digitally. Right. <laughs> right. That was awesome. <laughs> well, we, was kept, so great. We, we wanted to join the church right before the pandemic hit. So, but we didn't get it all set up. We had already talked about it. We were getting ready. And then the pandemic hit and everything was like shut down. So we're like, why are we waiting? Everything is still online. That's Let's right. Do it online. Let's do something different. So we went ahead and did that. And we've gotten connected to um, Fresh Expressions and the Common Ground Network because when we arrived at Mount Pisgah, we were looking for what kind of culture the church has, right? And um, as I mentioned, we were at in North Texas, we were we were learning some things. We were being discipled by some folks, and we were learning on our own how to be hospitable in our own network, in our own neighborhood, in our own context, right? And understand mm-hmm. how to like invite people into our home without putting on a show, things like that. And we were we were practicing that with some diligence. And um, when we came to Mount Pitt, you know, a, a dramatic emphasis on discipleship. And then we saw your passion for Fresh Expressions, and we listened to some of the stories that you were telling about Fresh Expressions in Mount Pisgah, and they included um, key themes that we had been learning to practice, like missional community and um, you know, non-traditional forms of church and um, persons of peace and, and things that really were piquing our interest in it. So it looked like there was an opportunity for us to continue our own spiritual journey and, and growth and development in the same direction that we had just left North Texas and um, get on board. So we were really excited to be able to learn from you and to you know partner with you in uh, things that you were teaching, casting vision over and um, you know inviting people to participate in here at Mount Pisgah. Yeah, there was like such a synchronicity when I met you guys. Um, and a couple of people had told me about you before I ever met you in um, talking to me. They're like, you have to meet the Hendersons. You have to meet the Hendersons. Like, 
they're gonna love your they're when I was talking about fresh expression, they're gonna love you. Um, they're told you guys are speaking the same language. So um God, I absolutely you've heard me say it before. I, I absolutely believe that that God sent you to um Mount Pisgah in uh, answer to my prayers for sure. <laughs> Prayer prayers that I was even praying in advance, not even knowing. Um, but God's good like that. Amen. Well, and I will tell you before we got here, <clears throat> we were praying heavily before we came to Georgia that God send us to the place that we're meant to be, the so that we can be the people that um um is need uh, that we can fit the need of others and that others can fit the need for us yeah. so that we can be in community. Yeah, that bot the body of Christ, right? All the gifts brought together and, and so that we might grow up in full maturity. And so we we certainly need each other and the different gifts that we have to offer. So you guys are um you guys are these amazing pioneers that saw a pandemic and you're like, oh, this is a great time to start a fresh expression of church. <laughs> no, when, when, when a lot of people, when a lot of people, when a lot of people were like, you know, um, you know, the, the church is quote unquote closed and, you know, all of us uh, missional people out here are going, no, actually the church has been distributed. Um <laughs> You guys started a fresh expression. So talk a little bit about like how that happened, what that looked like and um, how that came about. Yeah. So a little bit before we started it, you know, as I said, we were, we were, we were practicing some things in our local context in North Texas and, and they weren't really getting a lot of momentum, a lot of traction or weren't other people, as you said, who had that same vocabulary. So it was, it was a little bit of a, um, not a struggle. It was challenging, right? In mm-hmm. in in uh, a lot of ways. So coming here and then getting connected to you and hearing the things that you were preaching about the Jerusalem Church and the Antioch Church, and praying about where do we fit in, Lord? What is our role in this area? What are the unique problems and people that you're that that are that we're surrounded by? I was personally convicted because we'd been sort of trying to practice similar things, um, but not but or, or even preaching about them, you know, teaching others or coaching others to try to go out and do the things that you're describing in Fresh Expressions without even knowing what a Fresh Expression was. Mm-hmm. But we weren't really living those things ourselves in, in, in as much as we were talking about those things, even though mm-hmm. we were trying some of the elements. So when you gave a sermon about the Jerusalem church and the Antioch church, and you invited us to just at the end of that, that sermon, you invited your listeners to pray about what problems do you see in your area, in your local context? And so I, I just began to earnestly do that. And it was literally a couple of days later where it was just so obvious mm-hmm. because the pandemic really was fresh and new. I think this is the March-April time frame. Yeah, yeah, it and, was. And um, it was obvious that everybody was holed up in their own homes, uncertain about what was coming and how long they were going to be there. And right before that, though, we, we wanted to be involved in Fresh Expressions, but we had no clue as to how to go about doing that, how to step into it, where to go, what to do, how to be. Yeah. So we, we were we were perplexed as to how to step into this. Right. So just being faithful to the model and to what God calls us to, we were praying and listening. And the, the problem seemed obvious, as I mentioned about the pandemic, everybody was feeling lonely and shut in. And so we know because of the nature of you know, the triune God, Trinity, God is, God is community, God is family, God is connection. So how can we emulate community and connection in a time where everybody's feeling alone and isolated and secluded? 
Um, and so that was the problem space that we, that it was just so easy to identify that we thought we could, let's lean into that. Let's, let's, let's focus on that. How can we foster community in this strange pandemic time where everybody's on lockdown? So we started praying about and thinking about what that would look like. And we knew that the, the scenario of what we would like to have done, you know, invite people into our home and share a meal together and stuff like that, that was not going to be possible at this time. Mm -hmm. But we figured, okay, so how else can we do it where everyone can feel safe mm -hmm. and feel welcomed and be able to express their fears, their um, anxiety, their loneliness, just to, to be able to share some time with some people instead of just the ones that are in your immediate household. Um, so probably, I guess it was around May, Chris came up with the idea of, he said, you know what, let's... <clears throat> Let's invite, uh, we, had, we had a directory for our neighborhood that we had just moved into, what, seven months before, eight months before, mm -hmm. and it had the, the email address of everybody in the community. So he sat down and put everybody in our community on the email, wrote out a very nice letter saying, you know, we'd like to, um, how did you phrase it? We'd like to, go ahead. Basically, like what I just <laughs> said, like where everybody's feeling lonely, uncertain. Yeah hold up. Um, we would love to be able to share, just come together at a regular time and just be in each other's presence and hear about your stories. What's this like for you? What's, you know, where are you seeing difficulty? Where are you afraid? Um, and hear the stories of other people. And we can just, um, you know, sort of un decompress in the middle of the week because the weeks have gotten long and they've gotten difficult. And so um, we invited people to come to our neighborhood park um, at a regular time on Wednesday evenings. And we opened it up and said, you can come and bring whatever beverage you'd like. We're, we won't make this a meal time since we don't think that's currently safe to share food. Mm -hmm. We have plenty of space. We can spread out. We can socially distance. Yep. Mm -hmm. And there was a, um, we, we, we lucked up in that there is a pool, a community pool um, in our neighborhood. And there is a bathroom facility there. Should oh, someone, yeah. it, you know, so we had that extra benefit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we sent that note out and just told them what we were, why we were doing it. Um, we didn't connect it to church. We didn't connect it to fresh expressions. We didn't tell them we had any other, other purpose besides just giving an opportunity to come together, share in the stories that you had for the week. And um, let's do that on a regular basis and just see what happens. And um, the response that we got was pretty overwhelming, not in terms of numbers of people, but powerful responses about how mm -hmm. kind people were how touched they were by the invitation, how, how um, needed it is um, in, in this particular moment, right? So we started going, it, it took us until July actually to get started. We started going on Wednesday evenings and we gave it a name and we called it Wind Down Wednesday and just invited anyone and everyone to come as they are to, to a Wednesday evening gathering in our park, socially distanced, just to get out of the rhythm of being stuck in your house with uncertain times and stuck on video calls. Um, and spend time together in community for, for yeah. no other purpose. Yeah, that was like the time of, uh, I mean, I still feel this now. I'm sure you do too, but being Zoom fried from all of the Zoom calls mm -hmm. and the monotony of, you know, just the endless every every day being stuck at home. Um, but I, I mean, I want to um, kind of press in a little bit because you guys were essentially really postured and paying attention um, for an opportunity, even coming into um, into this new community, into this new church community as well. 
and then you you heard something and then you were postured and listening and paying attention for what does this look like what makes sense um you know where we are and then you're continuing to listen and um in the midst of a, a pandemic and you know, the Holy Spirit just has a way of putting all of these things together. If we're paying attention, I think it's really easy to not pay attention. Um, uh, but but you're paying attention and then, uh, you know, just trying something. So you gave it a shot. You didn't say, hey, come together. We're going to um, have a worship service. You didn't say, hey, come, you know, you know, you you recognized a real felt need, you know, feeling isolated, lonely and uncertain. Um, and really people longing for that human connection outside of a screen as well. Uh, so you, you recognize a number of different pain points and, um, and then tried this experiment, wind down Wednesday. So talk a little bit about, I guess, what that looked like. And then I would love for you guys to share a little bit about what God has taught you and how God has surprised you in this time. Cause we're talking almost a year now, which is hard to believe. I mean, we're coming up on May. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what does it look like when you're together and what has God taught you and how has God surprised you? Um, well, when, when we're together, we just all, like we said, we meet down at the community park. And um, when we get there, we, it's once again, we don't mention, it's, we, have, we have not mentioned anything about church at all. Our main focus when we are together is to just basically share what's happening in our lives with each other and to be there for support for each other and um, be a, a listening ear for, you know, mm -hmm. anybody that's struggling with anything and also sharing joys, yeah. you, know, you know, happy milestones that happen and stuff. And um, <clears throat> at the beginning of um, our um, project, I guess I would call it, um, we had, it would, we had varying people. We had some people that would come for a week and then we wouldn't see them for a couple of weeks and then they would come back and then other people would came once and didn't come, you know, come back at all. So <clears throat> at the beginning it was, it was, you know, ups and downs and stuff, but as time has progressed, we have had a standard set of regular people now. Mm. Um, there are, what is it? Nine of us usually. Two, four. Yeah, and we just gather in a circle. We basically bring our own chairs and we gather in a circle and, and, and we spend a little bit of time just sort of doing the normal socializing of checking in. How was your week? Um, what's new? What's not new? And things like that. And then occasionally, um, Kelly or I will try to stimulate the conversation with something a little bit deeper, right? Mm -hmm. so, so one of the questions that really got a lot of people talking was how are you finding hope right now? Mm -hmm. Um, or, 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 and then later we asked the converse, which is where are you finding it difficult to find hope these days? And we'll literally just go around the circle of, of participants and each person has an opportunity to, to, to respond and, and no one's forced to. Um, and, um, that really opens up a lot of conversations. And the reason we ask questions like that is even though we're not explicitly talking about Jesus or talking about the father, we're connecting to themes that are his promises, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we talk about hope because, you know, God is a God of hope and of a future and he knows mm -hmm. what he has in store for us, right? So, so we pick things like that and to stimulate conversation occasionally just to drive into something a little deeper than, um, you know, news of the day. Mm -hmm. And then I, I'd say one other thing maybe that Kelly didn't add is 
our posture. We intentionally go there and take off a lot of our own preferences and opinions and, mm-hmm. and places of judgment because we want to create uh, a, an inviting, open, anybody and any thought is really welcome. And so we try not to over sort of um, opinionate about any particular news topic of the day, trying to just give people a sense of safety um, to, to be who they really are, no matter what their position is that they're bringing into the group. And that really seems to have worked. Um, and that's one of the things that surprises me, frankly, to ask the second, answer the second part of your question. Um, the level of commitment that some of the people, as Kelly was talking about, that have sort of really s- stuck with it the entire time and they're faithfully coming and, and pouring themselves into this tiny little community, um, we feel like sometimes maybe we're not going deep enough. Maybe we're not being Jesus-y enough. Maybe we're not looking <laughs> at scripture enough, right? And, and we start to we start to, to doubt second and guess, second yes. guess and, yeah. and sort of condemn ourselves to say, you're really just kind of a social group, right? But then one of the biggest surprises happened just a few weeks ago where we were gathering um, in the backyard of one of our neighbor's um, houses um, where they were offering a fire pit activity, right? And, and, and the people that he had invited to his backyard were, were the same core group of people that gather on Wind Down Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And we all showed up and um, one, the, the guy who was hosting had actually invited one of his college buddies from 30 years ago to the gathering as well. And his college buddy doesn't know anything about our Wind Down Wednesday. He's not, uh, he doesn't live in our neighborhood. It's somebody we've never met before. Um, but he walks into the backyard and he spends about a half hour with us. And then he actually stops and says, what is going on here? <laughs> I've been living in my neighborhood for 16 years up and coming. And we never get together like this. We don't have this kind of sort of camaraderie and neighborliness that I'm seeing back mm. here right now. So how did you guys do this? How long have you been here? And one of the other men who joins us regularly on Wednesday actually pointed to us as a couple and said, see those guys over there? And he just retold the story that we just shared with you from the very first email all the way to the regular meetings on Wednesday nights and said, he invited, they said, please come, they show up, we show up, and this is what's formed out of it. The thing that surprised me about that is that twofold. One, as a member of the community, recognizes the power of what's happening inside the community. Yeah. And is able to witness and speak to it himself, even though we're not explicitly talking about being a fresh expression of church. But the really surprising thing is when an outsider, somebody who's not in the community, yeah. somebody who doesn't know what we're trying to do, comes and sees a difference and 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 says it out loud and asks, how did you get there? How did you get here? <laughs> so, so that and, is, and he says, I want what y'all have. Yeah. yeah. I want this in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, well, let me let me just tell you. So <laughs> what I'm hearing and I want to want to make sure everybody else is hearing is that you're not coming in with any agenda. You're not coming in with any prescribed way of being or doing. You're coming in with a posture of um availability mm-hmm. of yes. uh absolute humility. And listening and paying attention to what God's doing and where the Holy Spirit is guiding you next. So we, right. we talk about the, in Fresh Expressions, we talk about the, the journey of a fresh expression and that moving from listening to loving and serving. And 
uh, forming community. And then that next one is the one that a lot of people struggle with, right? That, that whole idea of uh, exploring discipleship. And I mean, we tend to, um, in our traditional uh, forms of church, uh, equate discipleship with um, oftentimes uh, head knowledge or classes or um, something academic and not necessarily something embodied. And so it can be really hard to articulate or even um, get handles on what that looks like in a, um, a community like this, right? Um, of people coming from all different places and spaces in their relationships with God or lack thereof and um, and kind of leaning in together. So one of the one of the things that I, I, I remember you telling this story in one of our monthly gatherings, um, it was kind of one of those first Eureka moments when um, someone in the the group um, asked for homework and I don't remember the context of that. Um, <laughs> that ask, but maybe you guys do. Could you share that? Well, so, um, yes, we, we, as, as, um, as I mentioned, sometimes we'll, we'll inject sort of a stimulating question into the conversation and, and they sort of started, started to sort of give that a name. And it's like, Oh, this is just like being in small group, but we can have beer and wine. Or therapy. Or or therapy yeah. and, um, and so they sort of joked about it and, um, after a couple of weeks of doing that, one of the ladies who, who we know is actually not active in a church and she described herself as being a seeker. She's not quite sure she knows who God is. Um, she started coming and asking, are we, are, are um, is there another question for this week? Or mm-hmm. could you, are we going to have homework that we can maybe think about a question for next week? Um, <laughs> or, um, uh, you know, did I miss last week's question? Things like that. So, that was surprising because it's almost like, not almost, that's an indication that there's a hunger for yeah. deeper connection and deeper opportunities to express in a safe, trustworthy place more of who I am than what, you know, normal social cab, you know, chit chat might, might offer. And um, so, so that we know, you know, she's open to that. Now she will tease me sometimes and say, oh, are you going to grill us again? <laughs> 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 but we're, we're not grilling and there's no right or wrong answer. We don't, right. um, we don't, we don't, we don't, we try very hard not to respond when somebody says something about where they're finding hope to tell them, Oh, well, you really ought to be doing this. Yes. Yes. Don't give them that kind of reply. <laughs> I know one of the things that we've talked about recently is um, we can be, we can tend to be hard on ourselves with the uh, sometimes our, our perceived, our, our, preconceived ideas about what that exploring discipleship is supposed to look like and um, or that maybe we should have moved to a different place already in um, in this little community that's forming. Um, I think you shared a story about how the Holy Spirit showed up in your own um, your own questions about you know, what that looks like. And um, you might not even recall what I'm talking about right now, but um, I know that someone, someone approached you in your neighborhood and started calling you a pastor. Yeah. There's a gentleman who lives in our neighborhood who has come to one of our gatherings, I think maybe, maybe twice. Probably about three times. Three times. He'll, he'll stop in for a few minutes while we're out there and then he'll head back out and start walking. 
mm-hmm. then later he'll come back, stop in for a few minutes, and then go back out and keep walking. <laughs> he's a fixture in the neighborhood. He's an he's an older man. I think he's a you know a retired physician, um, and he's 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 dealing with his own need to be mobile so that his you know his health maintains a certain level of flexibility mm-hmm. and 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 physical capability and so on so he's always walking the streets in the neighborhood he's almost like the neighborhood watch person if something happens he knows, he about, knows it. about it yes um and um he was the first one to actually welcome us to our home um you know personally uh back when we first moved here and so i i was having a one-on-one conversation with him recently um just to get to know him a little bit better and and to understand his perspectives about where why this is a great community or mm-hmm. where where there might be difficulties from his um, point of view in our community, um, and he he did surprise me, and he 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 also noticed what the community that we're meeting on Wednesday nights is doing. He said things like, "I don't know if you're a pastor, but I see what you're doing in the neighborhood." I see how you're counseling and sitting with people on Wednesday nights. And I think it's so important. It's so needed. He -hmm. said, I don't think we need more religion in this country because religion has not been good. But I think what we need is to be able to hear each other. We need to be able to be with each other. We need to be able to receive each other. Mm -hmm. And I see that that's what you guys are doing. And Mm -hmm. it matters. It really matters. And he doesn't join us, as as Kelly said. He's only come three times. But he also notices from the fringes, right, from yeah, the yeah. from the outside, and validated that it matters. Yeah. What what affirmation? I, I, um, I would ask really for both of you. Like, how has this impacted your own discipleship? Um, you know, a lot of times when we talk about fresh expressions, uh, you know, we talk about uh, creating these Christian communities, these kind of like micro church plants, if you will. Um, and you know, exploring discipleship is a big part of that. And so we can we can think that this is about the people that we're quote unquote reaching or engaging or discipling. But how has it impacted your own discipleship and your own relationship with God? I think I think um, it has made me a lot more patient in that. I always I've all, I always have like a an agenda not not an agenda like. A negative agenda. Like if I have some, if, if I have a project, mm-hmm. I have a, a set amount of steps that I want to do in a set amount of time. And I want to see progress usually. Well, in this pandemic with mm-hmm. um, us being outside and then we were getting a real good rhythm going and then winter hit mm-hmm. and then rain hit mm-hmm. and we could meet as much. And I felt like, I, I felt like I think I, I got to the point where I was worried. I was like, we're not making progress. I'm mm-hmm. just not seeing anything. I should, we should be farther along. Something is wrong. And then God sends these little bitty, you know, glimmers of light and said, no, you're, you're, you're okay. You're going yeah. on track. You just need to sit back and, you know, enjoy the ride. Don't mm-hmm. try and rush it. And so I think that I've, I've become a lot more patient with, tr- with, with seeking the, the end result. Mm-hmm. Because, and I started thinking about it, you know, Jesus didn't just come in and grab his disciples and throw them out and say, here, go do this. Mm-hmm. He spent time with them. He um, was in community with them for quite a while. And they became a close-knit community yeah. before they did branch out and do mm-hmm. his work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uber patient. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> 
<laughs> there's a self-sacrificial nature to to um what jesus is doing in us too right so when we go and we listen and we try not to inject our own opinion or have a debate with anybody no matter what what topic they bring up we're sacrificing ourselves right we're we're, we're willing to say that what my opinion doesn't matter and we're willing to receive you instead and i've seen that have a tremendous impact on on kelly she didn't say it about herself, but when that gentleman that was saying, hey, what have you got going on in this neighborhood? We don't have this in my neighborhood up and coming. Mm-hmm. He, there were some other characteristics about that gentleman that were they were difficult, right? He was, he's a very big personality, very boisterous, very loud. And he was fairly obnoxious in a lot of things that he was saying. <laughs> um, now, now, our normal posture, Heather, would be to separate ourselves from unpleasant folks like that yeah. and to put distance between us. But Kelly and I were, she was reflecting on it and she wanted after two or three days of, of thinking about that experience, she wanted to extend an invitation to him to come and, ex- and join us on a Wednesday night so that he could experience our community. So rather than create distance and put ourselves in sort of a safe place not to have that obnoxiousness, mm-hmm. she was actually leaning in and wanting to get closer to that man so that he could... Um, so he could experience more of what we experience and maybe... Yeah. I have a feeling, I have this strange feeling that something is, well, I know something is missing mm-hmm. inside him. He doesn't realize that, I don't think, or he, he's trying, I think he's trying to mask mm-hmm. the loss of, of feeling full and complete. And yeah. I think by having a community to gather with, maybe he could start to feel feel have some of that emptiness filled yeah you know through us through god through community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so for my part there's a similar nature i think you know my, my view of discipleship in the past or or has been still this sort of teacher student model right mm-hmm. where there's a hierarchy almost right and like i have something that i can pass on to you which is, right. which, is which is good and okay you know, I, I can't give you something that I haven't myself received. And so there, there is a there is a process there. But my discipleship outlook has evolved in this Wind Down Wednesday activity because it is absolutely just a group of equal partners. We're 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 equally yoked. No one has sort of a position of authority or mm. a role above anyone else in the group. We are all just equal partners. And, and we're walking together side by side. And that is both freeing and comforting and um, delightful for me, frankly. Um, and, and it's opened my eyes to a different model of being with someone um, on a journey with Jesus or towards Jesus without having this sort of teacher-student kind of mental model um, for me. Right, yeah. It, it, it kind of levels the playing field in a lot of ways. Talk about common ground. <laughs> we, <Yeah>. you know... <laughs> We, you know, the the reason it is a common ground is that you know this is these are the places of connection in our community, right? Um, and oftentimes, or too often now, I would say that the church is not necessarily the 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 place where our community can find common ground. Um, when I when I say that, meaning outside the walls of the the church, but rather there are. Um, scenarios and situations and things happening in our community that um, can be a place of common ground and a place where we can start with what we agree on instead of what we disagree on. And uh, the pandemic has certainly been an opportunity for that. 
but then you and all of the pain points involved with that but then you you know throw in the fact that they're your neighbors and that you have this open space that people feel welcome and um accessible that you know that people feel is is very much accessible and that anyone can come and um and then that just creates a, a particular kind of environment where, uh, you know, common ground is, uh, is deepened even further. I, I would say that, you know, I would, I would presume to think that your neighborhood, um, this, this group, this small group is, will have ripple effects on your neighborhood and will continue to have ripple effects on your neighborhood because um, the, when people come together, um, in relationship, God created us for a relationship with God and with other people. Um, it can't help but change um, the atmosphere around them. So I, I can't wait to see what God does next there. I'm curious, um, what what's one thing that you would want people to know about uh, starting a fresh expression? How would you like inspire them or encourage them to to start? Well, it's just like anything else that you do that's new. It's scary, but the scariest part is taking that very first step. Once you take that first step and you do a little bit of praying with it, God's going to pave the way. And so all you have to do is be faithful to leaning into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it we didn't know what ours was going to look like. We didn't have a clue of what we were going to do. But as we've been able to be present and keep leaning into, you know, our promptings of, well, maybe we should do this and it feels right. Um, and just keep moving forward. We're, you know, we're starting to see the benefits of it for not just, not just for us being in community with them, but for others being in community, you know, with us and with, you know, other neighbors that they probably wouldn't normally be together. And it's, like I said, once you get in, get started, it's easier than you think. Yeah, your heart's going to pound at first and you're going to say, what am I doing? I can't <laughs> believe I'm even taking this on. Am I equipped? You know, mm. we all think that we're not equipped because we're not theologians and we you know, haven't studied every nook and cranny of the Bible and we're not versed in scripture but you can do a whole lot without all of that. Yeah. I think the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Exactly. It's really important. It ties back to what Kelly was saying about our own um, change or transformation in in approaching discipleship. Instead of being objective driven, we didn't think about what's the end state going to look like. Oh, we're going to have this church. People are going to show up. There's going to be like a guitar and some worship and there's going to be 20 people and it's going to be great and anything like that. Right. We, we only looked at what was the next step right in front of us. Mm. And we keep doing that rather than future casting and, and over imagining what the transformational results are going to be um, over time. We just stay faithful to what we know we know right now. And don't get us wrong. We have those moments that we do that. Though. Yeah. We sure, do sure, sure. Yeah. And we do second guess. We have those moments, but. But, but when we start to detect fear and uncertainty uncertainty about what to do next that's actually a clue about maybe where the lord wants us to go because mm-hmm. we're thinking in our own strength that we can't go there and we're wanting to stay safe and we're wanting not to do something that makes us you know um afraid or puts us at risk and so we learn how to trust jesus in that and take the step towards the thing that seems scary anyway 
And so those are the two things, not being objective driven and not letting fear keep us immobile are the, are the two things I would say people could keep in mind in considering our own fresh expression. The other thing Anybody too, can do this. Yeah. Another thing too, if you, if you are second guessing it, there's a good chance that it's Satan tapping yeah. on your brain because yeah. he wants you to stay exactly where you are. Yeah. He doesn't want you to branch out. He doesn't want you to improve God's kingdom. And he doesn't mm-hmm. want you in a relationship with everybody else. He wants you to stay in your own little dark space. Mm-hmm. That's so right. If you start feeling that, there's your clue. Maybe you're heading in the right direction because he's trying to stop you. Amen. That's right. Yeah, we, we talked a lot about that kind of at the beginning. And I try to remind, I try to share that with folks in particular because I've had my own my, my husband and I have had our own struggles with starting things and it, it always seemed like it would come to the day that we were going to gather and like, like literally all hell would break loose, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or you would have those, um, oh, poor me, I'm going to put myself out here and, you know, and serve or, you know, things would not go the way they planned or, you know, things would not happen that were supposed to happen. And it was just like a, a stumbling block after a stumbling block after a stumbling block. And and once you can recognize what that is, then, I mean, talk about just an extra measure of the the spirit and some perseverance um, to do what needs to, to, to be done and um, and to go where God's sending you. I think I think that that bears saying um, and repeating over and over and over again. We, we have to remind ourselves of that. Yeah, those uh, stumbling blocks don't go away, but we do right. gain the power to recognize them and mm-hmm. to press on anyway. Mm-hmm. And step over them. Yeah. <laughs> and step over them. Like, I don't have to do this. Why, why am I doing this? And who am I to do this, right? But the other thing that I love that you guys said too is that, you know, not coming in with an agenda or a, this this is when we know we have reached, you know, our desired outcome or or whatever, but instead just really practicing that faithful, faithful presence and paying attention to the people around you. And frankly, in doing so and asking those great questions, again, Jesus uh, Jesus modeled this beautifully for us. He asked hundreds of questions, answered very few, um, most of the time with other questions. And there's just something that happens when we ask good questions instead of coming in with quote unquote, all the answers as far as the depth of those relationships um, and, and where the Holy Spirit can lead you. And, and frankly, people's, people's um, a, a feeling of, of in, inclusion and acceptance and a, a place for them to be able to express themselves and ask their own questions as well. So it's just such a, that, that, that posture just is so invitational. Right. Um, and such a such a example of hospitality. I think we all need to have really good lessons in asking good questions. And it, it leads to um, lots of trust. Too. Yeah. 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 That I'm not here with an agenda. I'm not here to, to tell you everything you're doing wrong. I'm not yeah. here to tell you everything that you need to know that's right. I'm just here to we're just here to be with you, uh, to exactly. be together and to get to know each other and, and care for each other and um, support one another and see where the, the spirit leads us. Is there anything else that we haven't said or touched on? Or Chris, you always tell such great stories. Is there a story <laughs> you haven't told that you want to share? 
Oh, actually, I have a brand new ex- story. I, I think it's exciting. I think you might think it exciting too. But the, the same lady who asked if um, she was going to get homework, um, I was having, I happened to be having a one-on-one conversation with her before they left for a vacation just two days ago. And I think I shared with you recently that I read the, a book that you recommended by Tim Downs, Finding mm-hmm. Common Ground. Um, so really, really easy read, um, a lot of really good stuff in there. And one of the tools that he recommends in that book is that Christians need to be about, you know, the, the book is about Christians need to be about sowing, about cultivating the soil and caring for young plants more than we need to be concerned about, you know, conversions and baptisms and um, getting new followers of Jesus. We need to be preparing people and their hearts to receive Jesus at some point in the future. And one of the tools that he talked about using for doing that is to actually watch secular movies and television shows and have conversations about those shows or the themes that are in those shows with the people that we're relating to, rather than having them watch Christian movies and then say, respond to the Christian themes, watch secular shows and respond to the secular themes or or the, or the underlying um, spiritual themes. Yeah. Well, it was so exciting for me yesterday, uh, on Thursday because um, she was here on our back deck and she brought up a recent episode of the television show, um, This Is Us, uh-huh. where the two brothers who are, are, one is white, one is black, are having this long feud and how they're trying to reconcile and the things that they're doing to get through it and wrestle with each other. And she brought that that episode up and asked me a couple of questions about it. And that led us into fantastic conversations about presence mm. and, you know, God's presence with us. Emmanuel is our ultimate desire. Right. And so that's important um, about, about, um, about being who you really are. We had conversations about identity. We had conversations about living into an imagined reality mm. versus the one that we actually have and about, you know, learning to be content with where we are rather than desiring this other thing that I need to fill me. We had conversations about injustice in, in race relations and how um, we need to be prepared to sacrifice our own station in life to be able to appreciate someone mm-hmm. else's station. Mm-hmm. So sacrifice, presence, identity, um, all of these wonderful, you know, gospel All from an themes. episode for, of, of This Is Us. <laughs> all from an episode of This Is Us. I was so excited, you know, and we never awesome. had to say Jesus. And I never had to say, do you want to accept Jesus into your heart and become yeah. Lord, your Lord and Savior? But she was engaged, right? She was driving the conversation and we were able to unpack a lot of really important, or at least touch on a lot of really important fundamental human elements that Jesus yeah. tells us about because we both watched this same show and had some conversation about it. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so I will. I'll definitely link that um, book in the the show notes for this episode. Um, Finding Common Ground by Tim Downs. I was introduced to that um, more than a decade ago. Uh, when I oh gosh, it was probably a decade and a half ago now when I was in seminary, um, and it's changed my life. I share it with as many people as I possibly can. It ter- certainly reframes our ideas or reframe my ideas about evangelism in some really helpful ways. Um, what else are you reading right now and or listening to besides the Common Ground podcast? <laughs> um, I'm actually looking for my next topic to read about and I'm... Uh, convicted you know i I think um i think i um am looking for something by a non-white male author Mm. another perspective from the ones that i i seem to have read a lot of books read written by 
white men. So um, I'm not sure what that's going to be yet, but that's that's a theme for me right now. Okay, I have I have a a, a lot of female authors I could recommend to you. Okay, that aren't white. <laughs> yeah, I'm attracted to one book called Jesus and John Wayne, and another is How the South Won the Civil War. I think both written by by women. Wow, Jesus and John Wayne. Okay. <laughs> oh, you haven't heard of that one no, yet. No, I have oh, not. That one's gotten my attention, but I'm not sure I'm ready to start on that one yet. <laughs> what about you, Kelly? What are you reading? I, I'm honestly, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I'm not reading anything. <laughs> not even like an Audible book. I mean, I for all the things I don't have time to read, I just listen to Audible. <laughs> no, no, not even an Audible book. All right, guys. Well, I just want to thank you so, so much for your time. I thank you so much for your obedience and for your faithfulness to where God's leading you. And I'm just so appreciative for your partnership and ministry uh, that I am confident will continue for, for years to come. And thank you for introducing us to Common Ground. Oh, you are so welcome. And this is the final episode of our first season. So we're the, you know what Jesus said, that the last will be first and the first will be last. So we just saved the best for last with you guys. (laughs) Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you, Heather. 